eat protein with your carbs. Okay, I know. Last time I was like, I know you're going to be so sick of hearing me say the word protein, but I'm not going to stop because it's that important. Welcome to the Balanced Fit and Free Podcast. I'm Rayanne Mullins, your host, and you are in the right place if you are ready to learn how to live a life of balance through healthy daily actions and a positive mindset. As a Hashimoto's hypothyroid warrior, I will be sharing with you tried and true methods of keeping a balanced lifestyle to ward off inflammation, aching joints, brain fog, and weight gain. My very open and honest approach will have you leaning in to learn more. Enjoy the show. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. This is Ray Ann Mullins, your host, and I'm very happy that you're here this week. So I am back for another nutrition episode. Um, I don't try to talk about nutrition or exercise or, you know, Hashimoto's every single time. I like to mix it up on you. So I am excited to tell you that today... Um, I did interview my thyroid healthcare provider, and that will be coming up next week. So I hope that you'll um, stick around and hear that one. She talked with me a little bit about thyroid and what you can look for. And anyway, I thought it was really exciting and super happy that she was able to join me. Anyway, today's nutrition episode is all about blood sugar control and regulation. Now, I've mentioned a few times in the last few weeks that I'm in the middle of a challenge called Master Your Macros. This is my newest nutrition program that I'm just kind of testing out because, like a beta right now. I'm doing it with my club BFF group. And by the way, if you want to be a part of that, let me know. And so the club BFF group and some other ladies who joined the program. So I'm just seeing how it goes. I'm, you know, watching and seeing what needs to be added or changed. But overall, I'm totally loving this program and see a few things that I want to change or add for the next round. So I'm really excited about it. The idea, though, behind the Master Your Macros is to help people be aware of what they're eating. Okay. So many people just aren't even aware. They may be eating healthy food but they maybe aren't even aware of how much they should be eating or, you know, what combinations. So when I teach people how to calculate their macro breakdown, I'm helping them figure out like what nutrients they need to increase and what nutrients they maybe need to decrease or which ones to put together. So I do this based on their goal, their food preferences, and schedule, and also their starting point or baseline. So most people who come to me are eating really healthy, like I said, but not in the best amounts or combinations. So the challenge is a great way to teach you how to create a macro plan that will help you stay full, reduce cravings, and reach your goal, whether that's to increase muscle, lose fat, or just maintain where you're at now. And a big part of macro tracking, this is why I'm bringing it up, is learning how to balance your meals so that you're keeping your blood sugar more stable or level throughout the day, which is going to help you um, have more sustained energy. It'll keep you having better moods, 
reduced hunger and reduced cravings and a more flexible metabolism. And you know what? A big thing, less risk of developing any chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes. Okay. So, you know, that's why I really feel very strongly about my macros program, about any of my nutrition programs, because one of the biggest things that I help people do, and I don't really say it straight out all the time, is I help people balance or stabilize or regulate their blood sugar, which helps in so many ways. And once you can get a handle on that, it really makes the rest of it a lot easier. So today, let's talk about that again. Okay, I've done an episode before about blood sugar, but I absolutely think it's that worth revisiting. I'll give you four ways you can regulate your blood sugar to help you feel more energized, satisfied after meals, and help you lose weight if that's your goal. Okay, many people, many people, and maybe you are living on a blood sugar or blood glucose. So I'm going to say blood sugar sometimes. I'm going to say blood glucose sometimes. They're the same thing. Okay. A lot of people are living on this roller coaster. Too much sugar, too little, too much, too little. They're up and down, up and down all day long. It's causing mood swings. It's causing energy dips. It's causing cravings. It's causing hunger. It's causing weight gain. It's causing so many problems, causing disease. Okay. So Americans are notorious for getting up and eating something sugary like donuts, bagels, a big old cup of coffee full of cream and sugar, right? This is not, by the way, the best way to start your day. Okay. But before I tell you all the tips and all of the things, I think it's a really good idea though to describe how blood sugar works. So if you understand this, you can tune out for a moment, um, but then come back when I give you the tips. So glucose is our primary source of energy for cells and maintaining its concentration within a narrow range is crucial for proper function in our body. So when we consume food, especially carbohydrates, the body breaks down these carbs, okay, or food into glucose during digestion. Then this glucose is absorbed into the bloodstream, causing a rise in blood sugar levels. Okay, you eat, blood sugar raises. In response to this increase, our pancreas, which is our organ located behind our stomach, releases a hormone called insulin. Okay. I know you've heard me say this many times, okay, but I'm saying it again because it's that important. Insulin plays a major role in the regulation of blood glucose levels. It acts as like a key that unlocks the cells, okay, allowing the glucose to enter from the bloodstream, okay? And once the glucose is inside the cells, it can be used for energy production or stored for later use. And the actions of insulin effectively lower the blood glucose levels, okay, by the uptake into the cells, all right? As blood glucose levels decrease, the pancreas reduces the production and release of insulin. So this is a feedback loop that helps maintain blood, blood glucose homeostasis or balance or so homeostasis is kind of like that happy place. Okay. So here it goes again. We eat blood glucose increases. Pancreas releases insulin. Insulin delivers the glucose to the cells. Blood glucose levels reduce. Okay. This is what it's supposed to be like. Okay. In individuals with diabetes, the blood glucose and insulin cycle that I, that I just described can be disrupted. In type one diabetes, the pancreas produces little or no insulin which leads to super high blood glucose levels that require extra or 
external insulin, like through shots or whatever to be given. In type 2 diabetes, the body becomes resistant to the effects of insulin, resulting in chronically elevated blood glucose levels, okay, which then, you know, is why they get diabetes. So I'm going to give you four tips, okay? I've learned these four tips from my nutrition certification through Precision Nutrition and Metabolic Effect, also through just the little workshops that I go to and classes I've taken and courses I've been through. I've been through a thyroid course. I've been through a blood sugar course, workshops. I've learned a lot of this. So I'm actually bringing this to you from, you know, reliable sources is what I'm trying to tell you. Also, I've experienced it on my own. And recently, I've been following a really cool lady that she goes by the name Glucose Goddess. If you've not seen her on Instagram, I highly recommend you follow. Um, She's awesome. And, you know, she has a new book out. But some of these tips are in her book and what she talks about all the time. And I guess that's why I love her because this is really the same stuff that I share with clients. It's the same stuff that I follow myself. And I think that if you're not following these things, it's definitely something to jump onto. Okay. So tip number one is eat protein with your carbs. Okay. I know. Last time I was like, I know you're going to be so sick of hearing me say the word protein, but I'm not going to stop because it's that important. Okay. Eating protein can help lower your blood glucose levels through several mechanisms. First is slowing down digestion. Protein-rich foods take longer to digest compared to foods high in carbohydrates. So when you eat protein, it slows down the absorption of the glucose into the bloodstream, okay, which is resulting in a slower and more gradual rise in blood glucose levels. We want that, okay? We don't want a big spike, all right? The second way protein can help is it increased insulin sensitivity. So eating protein as a part of your balanced meal can totally improve your insulin sensitivity, okay? This means that your body becomes more responsive to the effects of insulin. We want that, okay? We want our body to respond. We want when insulin is released, we want it to work and take the glucose to the cells, all right? We want it to better regulate our blood glucose levels. So improved insulin sensitivity can help prevent insulin resistance, okay? Insulin sensitivity we want, insulin resistance we don't want. It's a condition often associated with high blood glucose levels, okay? If you're somebody who is constantly, you know, mindlessly eating, not watching, you know, what you eat at all, eating too much sugar, maybe too many processed carbs, you know, not getting enough high quality protein, not eating enough healthy fats, not getting any movement, then you're going to be more likely, I'm not saying you will, but you'll be more likely to develop insulin resistance, which if it's not controlled, can turn into diabetes. Okay. The third way that eating protein can help is it has a lower glycemic index. So the glycemic index or GI is a measure of how quickly a food raises your blood glucose levels. Okay, so you can look at this scale. Their foods are given like a number, and the higher the number, the you know faster the blood glucose level will increase by eating that food. So protein-rich foods generally have a lower glycemic index compared to you know things like breads and rice and oats and things like that. So by choosing protein sources with a lower GI, things like chicken, fish, beef. Um, you can help maintain a more stable blood glucose level 
over time. Okay. And I want to say though, it's important to note that while protein can help lower blood glucose levels, it should be a part of a balanced diet that includes other macronutrients like carbs and fats. Okay. So I'm not saying that you should not eat anything else but protein. Okay. Please do not take it that way. Just include protein, especially when you're eating carbohydrates. Okay. Tip number two, eat veggies before your meal. Okay. Eating vegetables before a meal can help reduce blood glucose levels through several mechanisms, right? Number one, the fiber content. Vegetables, particularly like non-starchy ones like greens, broccoli, peppers, they are rich in dietary fiber and fiber slows down the digestion and absorption of carbs, okay, including those found in your main meal. So this leads to a slower release of glucose into the bloodstream, preventing rapid spikes in the blood glucose levels, just like the protein, okay? So um, that's really important. So remember protein, fiber. How many times have you heard me say, if you've been following me, always fill up on protein and fiber first. Protein and fiber, protein and fiber. I've been saying this over and over for probably 15 years. (laughs) Okay, so the second way that um, veggies can help is they have a low glycemic index. So many vegetables have a low GI, which remember is the measure of how quickly food raises blood sugar levels that I was talking about earlier. So... Um, you know, we definitely want to focus on the vegetables that are non-starchy. So things like potatoes um, are not going to be a lower glycemic index, okay? We're talking like, um, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, tomatoes, things like that, okay? Increased satiety is another way veggies can help. So when you start your meal with, let's say, a a salad, like a small salad, right, eating that before a meal can increase your feelings of fullness and satiety due to the high fiber and water content of the salad, okay, or the whatever you're eating. So this can lead to reduced overall food intake and slower digestion of carbohydrates, resulting in more controlled rise in blood glucose levels. Bingo, okay? So also, one more thing, vegetables are nutrient-dense foods that contain a variety of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants. So clearly, we want to include them because we want to get those, those micronutrients, those minerals, vitamins, phytochemicals, okay? Because these nutrients can influence insulin sensitivity and glucose metabolism in the body, okay? Potentially helping to regulate your blood sugar levels, all right? So it's it's really important to note that while eating vegetables before a meal can contribute to blood glucose control, it's not a standalone solution for managing diabetes, okay, or other blood sugar-related conditions. You definitely will need to do other things if you have type 2 diabetes or if you've been told you're pre-diabetic, but this can be one really great way to help reduce those blood sugar spikes, okay? Tip number three, this one's going to seem a little bit weird. Okay, it's to drink one tablespoon of vinegar before one meal a day. Okay, you're like, what? So drinking vinegar has been suggested to have potential benefits for regulating your blood glucose levels. So here's a few ways that it can help. One, it slows down the absorption of the carbohydrates, just like the fiber and just like the protein. Okay, so vinegar, um, really any type, but apple cider vinegar is a great one because it contains acetic acid. Acetic acid has been found to slow down digestion of carbohydrates, which can result in, guess what? A slower release of glucose into the bloodstream. This can help sudden spikes and sudden, you know, like after meals, having these big blood sugar spikes. So that's awesome. 
also the vinegar can increase insulin sensitivity. Remember I was telling you we want to be insulin sensitive, but we don't want to be insulin resistant. Okay, so some studies have shown that vinegar may improve the insulin sensitivity in individuals, um, especially with people that have type 2 diabetes or have been um, told they're pre-diabetic. So being told you're pre-diabetic means that your three-month average of blood sugar is higher. And so, I mean, I'm not going to give numbers right now, but, um, you know, that is preventable. You can absolutely 100% turn that around by eating better and moving so and following these tips. All right. The other thing is um, with the vinegar, it can also kind of like the vegetable starter, it can also promote satiety. So drinking vinegar before a meal has been suggested to increase the feelings of fullness and reduce food intake. Okay. So when we consume fewer overall calories, we can experience more stable blood sugars, right? And better weight management. Okay. And I got to point this out too. Better weight management, a better, healthier weight in general is also going to help prevent diabetes. Okay. All right. Tip number four, move for 10 minutes after a meal. Okay. So just like it's really the same reason when we eat food and our blood glucose rises and the insulin's coming in, when we add movement, we actually are able to absorb more of the insulin into our muscles. Okay. So it's actually going to help reduce that blood glucose level very similarly to the other tips that I just told you. So, so I'm just going a really quick review. Number one, remember we are going to eat protein with your carbs. Number two, eat vegetables before your meal. Or even if you're having, I didn't say this before, let's say that you just have a plate of your food. It's been said that if you eat your fiber first and protein first before you eat your carbs, that you'll have the same response. So you don't even have to have a salad beforehand. You can just eat your vegetables first. So starting the meal with your vegetables is a great way to do it. Tip number three was drink a tablespoon of vinegar before one meal. By the way, it only needs to be one meal a day. So I'm going to give you an example here in a second. And then tip number four is to move for 10 minutes after a meal. I think it's important to say here that that could just be a little walk. It could be doing cleaning the house. It could be walking up and down your stairs. It could be wall push-ups. It could be playing, you know, basketball in the driveway with your kid. It could be pushing your kid on the on their bike, whatever, you know, or in the stroller. Any kind of movement, just moving. Anything but sitting down to watch TV. Okay, right after your meal. And this would be every meal, by the way. So, you know, you could do it like eat lunch and then go walk around or, you know, walk around the office um, after breakfast, you know, go to the gym, whatever. So you get, you get the point. So let, let's put it all together. All right. When you, let's do this. Let's say that you make a meal at night. I'm going to just use it in the evening to put all these tips together. So you make your nighttime meal. Let's just say that you need to make sure that you include a protein source and a fiber source. Okay, let's say that you're going to make baked chicken with sweet potatoes and green beans. Okay, so you have your protein is the chicken, you have your fiber is the green beans, and then you have your starchy carb, which is the sweet potatoes. So when putting together the tips, here's what I would suggest. While you're making dinner, you can make a vinegar cocktail. Okay, so I like to use a flavored sparkling water and then just add a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. It's tangy, it's interesting. So find like a 
a no sugar added flavored kind of water and then add that in there. It's really good. Or just some lemon water with maybe some like um, blended up like ginger. You could make like ginger and lemon, like a a ginger lemon like drink and then throw in the apple cider vinegar. Or you could even just do tea with some apple cider vinegar. And I'm saying apple cider vinegar because I think it's the most palatable. Palatable? Is that how you say that? Palatable? <laughs> I can't think of the word. Anyway, so th- remember this can be helpful in two ways. One, the vinegar will help your blood glucose control. And two, if you're sipping on a mocktail of vinegar be- while you're eating or cooking, you'll be less likely to be munching on the food as you cook. That is one thing I hear a lot from people is that while they're cooking dinner, they're munching. Like they might be, you know, snacking as they're cooking. So they're consuming a lot of extra calories right before dinner that, you know, probably are unnecessary. So if you're sipping on this vinegar cocktail, then you'll be, you know, less likely to do that. All right. So you make your, you're making your dinner, you're drinking your little vinegar cocktail, which by the way, will feel like you're having a cocktail. So it'll kind of give you the same feeling of like pouring a glass of wine. You know, it's, it's not going to be wine and, but it'll give you that same like feeling. Okay. So not the drunk feeling, just the like having something in your hand to sip on feeling. All right. So then let's say, you know, dinner's ready and you sit down and you have a small salad to start your meal. So remember that eating non-starchy vegetables before a meal can help with blood glucose. Then you enjoy your meal. So right after dinner, you can clean up the dishes, have everybody get up and help clean up the dishes, and then head out with the dog or the kids for a 10-minute stroll around the block. Okay, so you've got your vinegar, you've got your vegetable starter, you got your protein, and you get your activity. Boom, done. All four tips and one meal, right? Now, I promise you, if you can start start incorporating most of these most of the time, I know it can work. You know why I know it can work? Because exactly what I did, except that I didn't know that that's what I was doing. Back in my day of weight loss, I didn't understand in the beginning why things were working and how it was working. Now I do. I just did the thing. I just followed the tips. I just did it. And then later I went back and learned why. This is why. These are the tips that will help you lose weight. These are the tips that are going to help you get healthy. These are the tips that can help reduce your likelihood of diabetes and other chronic diseases, okay? And I I have no problem stating that confidently because not only did I do it, I have many clients have done it and I have one most recently, my college friend worked with me and it, she did some of these and, well, all of it and has completely changed her health. So I'm, I, I can't stress enough how much this works. Okay, and then finally, my little dog, Benny, He's not little. He's big, actually. He really needs my attention. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up after I tell you this one more thing. (laughs) Okay, so I want to tell you a lot of people in the very beginning of today, I said how a lot of people come to me and they're already eating really healthy, but they don't understand why they're not seeing results or they're not feeling better. They're having these energy dips. They feel terrible, but they don't understand. You know, they're eating the almonds. They're eating the, you know, the healthy food, the oatmeal. They're eating the fruit. They're eating, you know, vegetable burgers. They're eating sweet potatoes. They're doing all the things that they have read are healthy that, you know, they see the list of foods. By the way, we've all seen that. Eat these 10 foods, these superfoods, and you're going to be super healthy. So they're doing that. And they're like, so what gives? Like, what is wrong with me? 
Well, first of all, nothing's ever wrong with you. It's just understanding the material and putting it together. So you can have all those healthy foods, but it does matter how we eat them or when we eat them and the amount that we eat them. So I just want to point out some of the foods that I think a lot of people misunderstand. Okay. Number one, orange juice. Okay. I know so many people that cannot get through their day without having their little glass of orange juice in the morning. (laughs) And you know what? That's fine. It's fine. It's fine if you don't mind having a blood glucose spike (laughs) later in the day. All right. So if it's that important to you, then go ahead and have it. But what if that one glass of orange juice, which I know sounds counterintuitive, what if that one glass of orange juice is causing you more problems than you even understand or know? Okay. Orange juice has very, very little fiber, right? But it has up to 22 grams of sugar per cup. Okay. 22 grams of sugar and like not even one fiber. Why don't you switch over to an actual orange or some fresh fruit that still has sugar in it? Because, you know, fruit does have sugar, natural sugar. But but when you switch to the whole fruit, you're getting more fiber. Okay. It just makes more sense. All right. And then the next thing is oatmeal. Oatmeal, you know, we've seen all the commercials, eat oatmeal to lower cholesterol. Yeah, you, it actually can help with that. But if you don't eat it in the best way or in the right combination, then you're going to be maybe lowering some cholesterol, but you're going to be spiking your blood sugar, which by the way, can lead to higher cholesterol later. So oatmeal, you know, make sure that you're eating protein with your oatmeal. Oatmeal is straight carbs. Yes, it has fiber. Yes, it has a teeny bit of protein, but it is not anything more than to be considered more than a carb. Okay. So if you're going to eat oatmeal, make sure that you eat some eggs with it. Um, my favorite way is to actually add protein powder to my oatmeal. Okay. Because that way I know I'm getting 20 to 30 grams of protein with my oatmeal. Another really popular food right now is avocado toast. Okay. Avocado toast. Sure. Is avocado a healthy fat? Great. Yeah. But if you're eating on a big fat piece of toast, you know, it depends on the kind of toast you're eating too, by the way. Well, and I say big fat because, you know, some of these, like if you go to a restaurant, it's literally a big, big old hunk of of bread covered with avocado. Well, the avocado isn't going to make up for all of the bread. Bread is a high glycemic index food. So, You definitely just want to look at that, you know, consider the type of bread it's on, but instead, you know, maybe skip the avocado toast and go with like some scrambled eggs and maybe just, um, you know, some fruit on the side. Okay. And with your avocado, like avocado on the eggs. Okay. I lost track of what I was trying to say there. Um, non-dairy milks. Okay. I have to drink non-dairy milk because I don't do dairy. Okay. Some people do it because they just think it's better for them. Some people do it because they can't have dairy like me. And some people um, just like it better. And that's fine. Don't like cow's milk. And and that's fine. But I got to tell you that, you know, oat milk is probably the tastiest and my favorite, but it's probably the worst. It has up to 24 grams of carbs in it. So again, if you're trying to be healthier, you know, Going to oat milk is not the healthier option. Just going to say that. But there are almond milk, coconut milk, flax milk, um, even soy milk. You know, some people can tolerate the soy. I don't. But um, they are going to be way lower, no sugar. You can get the unsweetened, no sugar version. 
And, um, you know, they're going to just be a little bit better on the blood sugar response, which is what we're talking about. Another really funny thing is grapes. You know, grapes are very tasty and yes, they're a fruit. We consider them healthy, but they actually have very little fiber and they're pretty high in sugar. So a good swap there would be switching to blueberries. So instead of eating grapes, switch to blueberries. Okay. Now, if you're going to eat grapes, remember what I said to do, if you're going to eat a starch or like a carbohydrate, if you just love grapes and you're going to continue eating grapes and you're like, ran, don't tell me I need to eat grapes, then that's fine. But what are you going to do? You're going to add a protein. Okay. Now the other thing is like vegetable burgers, black bean burgers, chickpea burgers, veggie burgers. I'm not talking about the um, meat fakers. <laughs> I'm talking about like literally like bean burgers. Those are so low in protein and very high in starch and can be a really quick way to spike your blood sugar. Okay. The other thing is energy bars, granola bars, and even these pretend protein bars. Okay. A lot of bars are full of sugar. So you just got to check the label and make sure that there is not more sugar than there is protein or fiber. Okay. Rice and sweet potatoes are the other two that, you know, are fine to have, but make sure you're watching your portion and make sure you're including a protein and or non-starchy vegetables with those to help reduce how they absorb absorb into your system. And we don't want them to be spiking your blood sugar. Now, I want to say really quick, sweet potatoes. A lot of people are under the impression that sweet potatoes are a lot healthier than white potatoes. And the reason we say that sweet potatoes are healthier is because they have more vitamin A. Um, but at the end of the day, they're almost equal when it comes to how your body processes them as white potatoes. So if you like white potatoes better than sweet potatoes, eat white potatoes. Because at the end of the day, it's almost the exact same in your system. Now, whether you eat white potatoes or sweet potatoes, you still need to include a protein and or non-starchy vegetables with it to help with the blood glucose um, absorption. Okay? So I hope this is helpful for you. Um, those are the four tips I had for you. So eat protein with your carbs. Start with a vegetable at your meal. Include one tablespoon of vinegar at one of your meals. It doesn't have to be every meal. Okay. Be careful of that too, because if you have vinegar every single like meal, like you're shooting vinegar, be careful because it's acidic and you don't want to like create some other like problems. So keep it to one tablespoon a day. Um, and then finally, the tip four was to move for at least 10 minutes after a meal. All right. I hope that you'll incorporate this. If you have questions about it, you're welcome to email me at rayannmullins at gmail.com or you can post on Instagram. And one more thing, I just want to, again, ask for your ratings and reviews or even better if you would share when I post every week on Instagram and Facebook, I announce the episode coming out. If you ever see that, it would be so amazing if you would just you know, hit share and tell your friends about it. That would be so amazing. Thank you guys so much for being here. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I am so stoked that you are here. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, I would love to hear from you. Head on over to my Instagram at RamFitLife or Facebook at Rayanne Mullins and comment on your favorite part of the show. See you next week.